0: Welcome to the Millwrights Indicator, your resource for everything 2158. I'm your host, Jeremy Stevens, and here we are dedicated to answering any and all questions related to this union trade. We're in Bettendorf, Iowa. I'm sitting with John Mix, local business agent, and Mr. Pete Reuter. He's the international representative for the UBC. Mr.
1: Reuter, thank you for coming down. Thank you. Yes, I'm an international rep with the United Brotherhood of Carpenters. I handle all the mechatronics automation training And that program's for UBC across U.S. and Canada.
0: I'm super excited about this. We don't have mechatronics here at our local level yet. It's something that I'm looking forward to. It's definitely a wave of the future, something that's not going away by any means. But I'm also joining Mr. John Mix. He's our business agent here at the local. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining
2: us. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm excited. First business agent to be in the podcast booth.
2: Um, Um, Let's go down in history. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully not in flames, right? Yeah.
0: (laughs) uh, I want to thank everybody again for for listening to us. Um, We're getting a lot of good information out, a lot of good feedback. So this one we're going to kind of talk about the Mechatronics program, something I'm passionate about bringing to our local level. I see a huge place for growth in it. Uh, What about you as far as the business agent level? Are you excited about?
2: I'm super ecstatic about it. Uh, Back when I was working with my hands in the field, worked at a company here in Davenport, Genesis, and that's what we did. We uh, assembled the cells, put them together. They're in-house people, which now is actually a couple of our local millwrights go travel with them to reassemble them in the field and troubleshoot the problems. And I can see this becoming the, the next wave of the future. Just like at once, you know, the conveyor was the future with getting stuff moved. Now this is gonna be taken over, even assisting the conveyor
0: us here in the Midwest, we're fortunate to be able to work in lots of different facilities um, with anything from grain to auto to power generation. Amazons are moving in. Uh, so there's lots of things that this mechatronic area is going to be able to evolve for us. Um, so it's one thing that I like to see. Mr. Reuter, how do, you, how do you feel about the United States as a whole moving towards the mechatronics?
1: Well, automation, which is mechatronics, stands for mechanical electronics. And what we're doing here with the automation side is in every industry in the United States. It's all over the world and that and with uh, we're bringing in at the local levels an automation class that's going to teach them about it. The millwrights cross-train them into the mechatronics so it'll open up new programs and more work for the millwrights because everything out there is automation it's huge for the maintenance side too for the millwrights to learn it and installation you can go every phase of it so we got to start somewhere and we're bringing the programs to Bentendorf.
0: now are there any household end users that people might be familiar with that they can find our millwrights working at the mechatronic level now
1: at the mechatronics well we have a it's called pin it's a mechatronics agreement at general motors that we developed with general motors because we do have the training and uh it's in 29 sites at general motors as the program is and we're in multiple sites we're not in all of them it's just a gradual build-up and uh but it's a cross-train millwright, and we're gradually moving forward there, and we've worked in many a transplants all over the country already, and we have a small number of contractors in it now, but more and more are moving forward with it. We've done it in the food and beverage business. We've done it with, uh, at the airports with DHL, a company that does work for them, and multiple others so it's a growing industry and I don't think automation's ever gonna stop it's just gonna keep growing so that's what we're doing we're training our millwrights to be able to go in that industry and do the work
0: I'm super excited about it you hear every uh, factory workers complaining about possibility of robots taking over and uh, the demand for labor positions are starting to fall a little shorter and shorter But that gives us the giant window to be able to fill that void. Um, That's being able to take our millwrights and we're going to teach them a new trade, a new skill, something that hasn't been going on for the last hundred years. You know, millwrights have been around for a very long time, and they've been very good at being able to adapt and change with the times. And I think this is going to be a huge step that once we can get the proper things in place, that we can catapult ourselves into the 21st century with
1: it. Yes, well we're looking at here is all over this country, I read out of, what was it, Automation World magazine, had an article in there a little while back that the U.S. was over a half a million technicians short to keep these plants running in our country today. So uh, there isn't enough mill rights to even do that part of it, but if we can get some trained up and start getting taking care of that opportunity moving forward, it's huge. It's there. Because most of the plants, most of these companies don't have training programs, and they're looking for help all over the country. So the more we cross-train our people, our members, to do this, that's the opportunities of the future. Because the power gen business, we're losing man hours in it today. So moving forward with the automation side, we should be gaining man hours.
0: So why do you feel that we're losing man hours on power generation? Is it just the attributes of technologies and things running further well, along you're with having, less
1: They're closing nuke plants. They're closing fossil fuel plants. The new generation of the gas turbines are more efficient, less downtime, less maintenance time on them. So how are you going to replace those man hours?
0: It seems like it would be a great progression for us. I know here locally it seems like there has been less of a drive from the members' standpoint as far as power generation. It used to be that everybody was signing up to do these nuclear turbines and um, generating sites like this for the durations of the job because they were going to be at one place in a while and we're going to be able to get some hours in. And now with technology and different advancements, we're seeing those shortages grow shorter and shorter, but I'm starting to see the wind turbines starting to pull more and more interest at our level. How do you feel?
2: Yeah, that, that's true. The wind turbines are the new green energy that people are backing and investing along with solar um, they seem to be, since I've been a business agent since, uh, let me see, it was May, 2019. Um, when I came in, they were already going and I've seen a growth of more and more coming to the area. Cause we live in this pristine area where the wind comes through the valleys, I guess you say, you know, in the old terms. Sure. So they're, you know, they've scouted it all out and it just seems like every year, they're adding on to the site that they were at before, just furthering the line of wind windmills. And then with the solar, that's going to be another new big adventure. Um, they're even starting to make them now where they articulate and follow the sun, which we'll have a part of. But those are more on a bigger scale. They don't just, you know, put those up on someone's house.
0: So is a solar farm, is that a, a place where we can have some overlap in the... Uh, automation, mechatronic. Yeah, a lot area. of
1: these robot. They use a robot arm on a lot of these solar farms to move the solar panels to keep into the sun. And they're actually a robot arm or a smaller robot that keeps them in position. So, and every mechan anything that's mechanical on that needs to be maintained. And that so, with us moving forward into this field, the opportunity should are more or less I see as endless. I go all over this country and I see it everywhere. But you have to have a trained workforce to be able to work on that stuff. It's not just an on the job training only. No, you gotta have formal training for it to move forward and we've already developed classes for that between We're putting the one mechatronics principles and concepts book out for the localized training center, and then you have more skilled classes where you'll be going out to our Las Vegas training center. So you're hearing it here first, folks. 2158
0: is on the front ground of being able to provide mechatronics training to our local level, and we'll be able to get specialized training for our local level at the international uh, as well. So it'll be similar to our gas and steam turbine training to where you'll come here you'll learn the principles you'll be able to go out there and get very advanced in-depth hands-on operations now we are going to be able to have a robot here at 2158 to be able to start these classes so you're not going out blind but it's something that i feel very passionate about being able to grow our grow our business i feel as if it's going to pull a new group of candidates under our wing as well right now we're traditionally very hands-on very mechanically oriented people that like to take things apart see exactly how they work whereas now we're going to be starting to get into the latter logic of it being able to diagnose electrical faults and errors and be able to appease that
1: yeah this uh, people need to understand a robot is just one component of your automated cell which uh, at 2158 here they're going to put it at their training is they'll put a whole cell in and you'll have your hmi your plc All the components from procs which is the safety devices in there to train off of so you can do all different types of application it may not be an auto plant where you got a weld robot it may be a food food handling plant where you're using material handling systems for transferring the food around with a robot with an end effect or stuff like that but we need to learn it it's all the same components just run in different application and, that. and that's what we're training on to make the millwright the best and most versatile workforce.
0: We can also cross this into conveyors, right? Yes. For
1: sorting networks. At, in Las Vegas, we have a conveyor system there, and we do train off the electronics on the conveyor system for our millwrights too in those industries. We just did one that handles DHL systems at the airports, and we trained them on the conveyor system with the HMIs there and other components.
0: It's very exciting. I can't wait to get started. I know we got some, some local material here that we're going to be able to go through as the instructors to be able to get out to Las Vegas and be where we need to be on par with the UBC as far as their training for mastery of the mechatronic area to be able to come back here and facilitate what we need. How long have you been doing this push, sir?
1: Well, I've been working with the international side of the UBC since 2012. And we had to first come in, set up automated cells in Las Vegas at our training center. So then we had to build curriculum, and then we uh, we ran it very tight at first just in the automotive to get it going, take the bugs out of it. Now we're opening it up to the localized training with our principles and concepts training manual, and it teaches them all about all the components and everything, how... The automated system works and then you go to las vegas for more advanced classes so this has been in the works since
0: 2012 that's eight years so this is a very serious i don't want to say slowly built but methodically built to be able to bring it to our local level and be able to gain this market share for us
1: and be able to grow our options yes because it had to be right to be able to come out to the local levels and that and train. Now, as we keep training more and more millwrights into that field, we'll start gradually working to take more and more of that market for the millwrights.
0: Now, are there any other union
1: areas that have a formal training
0: bill like we have for the robotics?
1: No. And that we were a step ahead of all the other trades. And that I do know that electricians are trying to get into it. But they're not there yet. And with uh, the UBC, we have our international training center in Las Vegas, which is 1.3 million square feet, where it's all more specialized training. We do train the trainer specialty classes, everything. But we have close to 250 training centers around the U.S. and Canada that our training center out of Las Vegas supports all over the country and Canada.
0: And it's, a, it's great the way it works. Um, if you guys haven't heard anything about our earlier episodes, our members are required to go out to Las Vegas for one week of training. You have other options to take more training out there, but we require you to go at least one week to at least one class, and that's the GE gas turbine class. It's a phenomenal class, but it, it's going to be set up the same way. You come here to the local level, you learn the principles of it. You go to Las Vegas, you take apart a gas turbine, you take apart a steam turbine. You are actually going to see what's going to be expected of you in the field, some of the things that you can expect to run into. You're going to learn different uh, handling aspects of the heavier pieces of equipment, specialty rigging, and I can only assume that the mechatronics will be the same way.
1: Yes, we have out here, you'll be learning uh, principles, concepts of it locally on the automation side for the mechatronics, And then you'll go out to Las Vegas for more advanced classes where we have robot cells out there and that. And they're completely automated with all the different components. You'll learn how it all works. You'll learn some programming. And you'll learn how to troubleshoot and that. So it makes you better in your field and to get more work.
0: How much better is it for the end user to be able to call a place like Local 2158 and be able to have a team masked? of people with a specific skill set to be able to entertain their problems in the in the automated
1: sector? Well, the more you know about automation, and you can bring their systems up quicker, and that, it reduces their downtime, which they get more product out the door. And it's huge for the end users. So the end users are eager for yeah. this to, to be implemented. You can talk to them around the country, and they, they can't find the people to work on their systems and that i hope the word doesn't get out to too many people <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm so and everywhere you go even your post office is all automated anymore to craft food i can go right down the line with names everything else all your automotives and that uh you got integration companies looking for people. You got to do installs. When well, we go in, we set the robot. Why aren't we going and taking it all the way to, from power on to startup with it too? Sorry, instead of having that extra person there, which is a huge cost for these companies.
0: Now, how versatile is a robot? We could talk about welding robots, packing robots, material handling. Is is this a different actual full robot, or is it just a different skill set that you teach the robot and be able to equip it accurately?
1: Yeah, a robot comes just by itself, and it, you, it's like anything. It's options in your car. You want air conditioning, you don't want air You want cruise control, you don't have it. Same with a robot. You want an end effector, you want a weld gun. It all depends what you're doing. You're mounting laser welding on, on the robots, too and that so they keep moving forward but it's just the way the robots program and what option they're putting on the end of that robot so it's not like they're just setting it and forgetting it they're being able to
0: update these robots put them into different services um, be able to work in teams of robotics i know
1: i've heard about um, uh, these machines being able to work in very very close proximities of each other yeah they're coming out with the new robots they don't even put a fence because as soon as it senses a touch on something it shuts right down so they're using them already in the automotive world. That's got to be a huge safety plus for them, mm-hmm. speed and time. Yeah. Yep. So it's never-ending right now. It just keeps moving and moving, and if uh, your trade doesn't move forward and change, you'll go the wayside of, like, <laughs> the old TV sets or the old dial telephones, and that—that's that's what it's comparable to, so you got to retrain. And if we keep constantly moving the millwrights forward, they'll be in this industry.
0: I heard it put earlier today that the millwrights are in a speedboat compared to other trades as far as chasing down this. Man- yeah, I
1: had one of the other trades. Uh, they met with me to talk to me more about it, and they told us, us with the mechatronics at the millwrights, We were like in a speedboat, and they were in a rowboat trying to catch us. (laughs) I know you can't see it, but that
0: puts a huge smile on my face. Yeah. I love to hear that blazing the way. Keeping Mm -hmm. in mind, we're only 35,000 strong nationwide. Yes. So I think that this is also going to be a huge pool for the younger generation, the newer generation, that's more um, Mm tech-savvy, is more buttons than wrenches and hammers. I think it's going to give them a great outlet and uh, a great possibility You know, if they want to chase down this area. So – if we are taking the bulk of the work, you know, we're going to be able to cross-train that specific individual onto the mechatronic side and onto the, the rigging and the optics and the more traditional millwright aspect. So I think we're going to be able to grow that pool better.
2: And with this latest push I've been seeing in the last couple of years, more information that's being put out there about trade schools, about apprenticeships. You know, there's another, you know, avenue to your future. It's not your traditional you know, go high school, go college, now go find a job, now pay that debt off. There's actually publications out there showing you can do this apprenticeship, make money on the job, and then earn your, you know, journeyman degree, as you want to call it, certificate, and, you know, top out and be making more than a lot of jobs you could do with a degree out of a traditional college.
0: I was currently in Las Vegas a couple of weeks ago for teacher training. Um, it's put on through the Penn State University and I had my instructor out there he told me 23% of the students that attend a four-year college wind up working in their field so it leaves over 75% of the people with that bill not only trying to pay back a bill for something that they got training that they have no work in but they're also trying to find out what they're going to do Where they went for four years assuming that they were going to be in trade a or in position a and coming to find out it's nowhere to be seen so I that is a great thing that I like to share for the oh, apprenticeship huge. side.
2: You know, a lot of people go to school because there, at the time there's a huge request for we'll take, you know, a specialized, you know, thing like uh, x-ray techs. So you have this mass group of people going into it when the time they graduate. They've already filled that. Right. So now you're sitting on something. Now you have to then go back to your gens and see what you can use to try to get into the next big wave.
0: An oversaturated workforce.
2: And then where the trades, we've been around and are still going strong and, you know, trying to recruit and organize as much as we can to show people that there's another way. And as long as the robots aren't currently fixing themselves, I mean, <laughs> when that time comes, we'll, I guess we'll be on the next wave. But, <laughs> yeah, that'll be a while.
1: Well, I had here, I'll give you an example is uh, I had a couple of our millwrights come in from one of the states. They had taken a state-sponsored class. It was a two-year class called Mechatronics at the Community College, put on by the government of that state. And they, after the first week of our Mechatronics training in Vegas, which was a two-week class, they said they learned more in that one week than the two years they did in their Mechatronics at the Community College. And the reason for that is they were being taught theories and it was mostly classroom stuff. We're here with Millwrights and the trades here with the UBC. We teach you a lot more hands-on. So you're learning your skill right there hands-on. We, that's why we have the full systems there and that to teach it. And so you're out there and you're constantly out in the shop. What you learned in the book, you're right out to the shop and you're getting taught it hands-on right in the shop through that same day. And that, so, which is a lot easier to learn that way, and so then we take it and the guys start working it out in the field, too, and that, and they become the best technicians you can find.
0: So the cells that are going to be in our facility, they're coming directly off of a job site, right? They're not just a, a training robot that has little things here, no. little nuances there. We're taking an actual full working, fresh out of the wild, and being able to bring it in and show our guys how to...
1: Yeah, that's what I was asked years ago was, uh, why didn't you just take them, you got FANUC robots here, why didn't you just put them in a FANUC robot class? But no, we're teaching you automation about every component that's in that automated cell. And that's why I stress, a robot is just one component. You're going to learn about that robot, but you're going to learn about the product switch. You're going to learn about the clamp, whatever it is, whatever component you need to learn about, that's what you're going to learn about. Because... You, when you walk into a cell in a plant, I don't care if it's food plant, auto plant, or whatever, they're going to have multiple components there, and you need to know what they do and what they are, not just the theory behind it and that. So you can, you can fix it or whatever. You put it together, make it run. That's what your job is. What kind of maintenance comes along with one? Well, a lot of it is in production environment. It... Uh, You've got to be able to troubleshoot and that for the maintenance of it. And there's a robot greasing maintenance in there. You gotta readjust proc switches, safety sc- light screens and everything else. So
0: it's a constant
1: ongoing Yeah. There, any component. You're in a constant plant that's vibrating. Things come out of adjustment and all that. You gotta be skilled, go in there and put it back in because these companies they're making production. Every time it's shut down, it's a huge cost and that. So they want it back up as quick as possible in that. So you need to be skilled on it in that. You can be the backyard mechanic, but it's not coming up as quick. And that every minute you lose, you can never replace, and it's a cost to these production shops.
0: That's a huge point that we drive home here at 2158. Um, you have all these places that they're doing efficiencies and upgrades, mm-hmm. and they're not doing it to make less money. Mm-hmm. Um, they're definitely doing it to be fig- bigger, faster, m- more competitive more productive and so every advance that they're going to take to be able to make their facility run better we need to be taking that same step to be able to make that machine that's making their facility run better
1: yeah if you look at even in the automotive industry the lines are only a third of the size they were 15 years ago and they do at least four models off of one line where they used to do one they were three four times as big the line a lot more labor intense. Now it's robots doing all the work. They don't have a transfer moving that body no more. They got a big robot moving that body over and that. So things are changing, and it's for them, it's less and less cost for the auto plant. But the biggest part comes in, who's going to fix it when it breaks? But they need it fixed as quick as possible. And the same with all, automoto- all automation lines all over in every industry. And looking at that, not only from
0: a specialty aspect of being able to be able to handle automation, we're millwrights. We could very well have a group of capable millwrights in there setting a conveyor that might not have anything to do with automation. It mm-hmm. just is part of the product line. But then something to occur on the other side of the plant where there is a need for that knowledge and skill set to where they can just go over, tap our millwrights that are potentially already on site, facilitating a different piece of their po- uh, piece of their puzzle, and be able to tackle that for them. I see it being a great thing. I mean, I don't know how we could go wrong with this. Oh, it should be win-win for the mill rate and for the customer. Which is what we like. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again, guys, for coming in, coming all the way down. It's been a busy morning. Oh. I appreciate you humoring me, humoring our guests. My
2: pleasure.
1: It thank you.
0: jam-packed. Hopefully, everybody liked it. Hopefully, everybody takes something away from it. This has been a 2158 production. If you have any questions, comments about the podcast or future podcasts, go ahead and shoot me an email. J Stevens at 2158training.org.
1: It's been a pleasure. Thank you.